You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Give Your Life Away podcast. I want you to imagine today that somebody in your church gives you a call. It's a friend of yours there in the church, and this friend uh, maybe the husband has been laid off work in this family. Uh, there isn't much income. They're really struggling to make ends meet. And this friend says, you know, we, we just, we don't even have enough money for an oil change. And our car is running low on oil and uh, we need food. We, we, we're just, we're really struggling right now. And so you, meaning well and wanting to be a help uh, like a normal Christian, uh, you, you think, well, you can't afford an oil change. I've got some oil in the in the garage. I've got some quarts of oil that I can bring over. And you bring it over and you put it in the car and come to find out later, you actually brought the wrong kind of oil and it actually damages their car. Now, this is what it's often like when people who may be well-meaning give bad advice in the church and bad and even unbiblical counsel in the church. You see, Christians want to help one another. And sometimes we are called upon to help one another. We're, we're called upon to, to give answers or give counsel. A friend from church or in Bible study uh, asks for advice on a particular area of life. And while in our heart there's this desire to, to help them, sometimes what comes out of our mouth isn't actually biblical advice. And that can be damaging for someone who heeds that advice. I'll give you some examples. What if somebody comes to you and says, my husband just lost $20,000 of our money because of gambling. He's been gambling uh, throughout the last few years. It's gotten worse and worse and worse, and now it's eaten away all of our savings. Uh, we have had to go into debt, and the lady says, I just don't think I can go on like this anymore. I need to get a divorce. What should I do? What do you tell her? That is a theological answer that she's just asked you, and it needs to flesh itself out in her life, and she's looking for help. What do you tell her? Or someone in your church, a college student or a high school student about to go into college, they're in their senior year, maybe they're in your Bible study, or again, um, a friend of yours, a friend of the family, and they say, I'm, I've got two options for college, Ohio or Indiana. Those are the two colleges that have accepted me, and I can go to either one. And I feel like God wants me to go to Indiana, but I've been praying about it. And this morning, I woke up and drove to school, and the first two car license plates that I saw were from Ohio. So I think I need to go to Ohio. What do you say? What do you say to that person thinking through decision-making in that way? Again, what you say is a theological response, and it has an effect on how they make that decision and how they make decisions uh, similar to that for the rest of their life. What if a friend in your church, a uh, single friend, comes and says, you know, I've, I've been wanting to be married for a number of years. Um, I haven't been able to find that relationship with that special someone. I've got a coworker who is very sweet, very kind, they are Roman Catholic, and after all, aren't Roman Catholics Christians? Uh, we're dating, and we're planning to get married. What do you say? 
your response, your answer is a theological response that will either help them or it will hurt them. If you give them right counsel, it's a help to them, whether they embrace it or not, whether they take it or not. Whether you, if you give them the right counsel, it is a help because they're knowing that they should do the right thing according to the scriptures. If you give them the wrong counsel, they might actually appreciate that counsel and take it, but it's the wrong counsel and it can harm them. So doctrine matters. We as Christians are well-meaning and sometimes we give counsel before we really have gone to the scriptures and, and prayed about what the best thing to say would be. And so what I'm arguing for today is that you should be, I should be a theologian. We should have good doctrine so that we can help people and not harm them. See, we want to help. And oftentimes pe people ask us for help and they ask us for words. They ask us for truth. They ask us for uh, to be communicated with. What is the right thing to do here? And then we give words, we give answers, we give a response. So is that response actually helpful or is it harmful? Ephesians 4, which is a passage I've referenced a number of times in the Give Your Life Away podcast, Ephesians 4 says that there are roles in the church, there are leadership roles, and among them are pastors and teachers and people who previously were apostles. They, they were given truth by God as a gift to the church, truth by God, so that the body would be built up. And what would the body do when it was built up? They would do the ministry of uh, that's required in the body. They would serve one another and help one another and answer one another's questions and give counsel to one another. So every day a member of the body is learning, getting some head knowledge. It's affecting their heart and their way of life. And then they are in turn helping to build others up. So it's not just the pastors that give counsel and instruction and teaching. Believers do that for one another. And what is one of the reasons we do that? One of the reasons is found in Ephesians 4.14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So we are taught by teachers in the church. We then, as members of the church, take that teaching and we continue to teach it to one another throughout the years of our time together, throughout, throughout all the difficulties and challenges and marriages and work and school, we counsel one another with the Word so that we are not tossed to and fro by different winds of doctrine. So truth is important for the average church member to have because they will pass on something. They will give counsel over the phone. They will give counsel over text message. They will seek to help other believers, but are they really being a help or not? Are they really giving the truth from God's word? So I'm encouraging you to think of yourself as a theologian. The question is, are you faithful to the scripture when you give counsel? So just here's some practical thoughts on maybe how to grow in this area. First, I would encourage you, if there is something in your Bible that you don't understand or a certain truth of the Christian life that you don't understand, then study it. If, if you have questions about baptism and what it should be and what it should look like and what it should not look like, go to the scriptures. Do a study on believers' baptism because someone at some point will ask you what they should do regarding baptism. Should I be rebaptized? I was baptized as an 18-year-old as a Christian, but you know I've had some sin struggles and now I feel more mature. I want to be baptized again. What do you say? 
it's important to know what baptism is and what it isn't so that you can give a good answer. Study divorce. Study giving. Study confession of sin. Study children. Study a number of areas that the scriptures talk about. So have had this systematic view of scripture. Have an understanding of what the Bible teaches on certain areas of the Christian life. That's called systematic theology. Another thought for you is read the Bible knowing the point of biblical passages, knowing the point of biblical books. Um, One thing that sometimes happens is people grab verses kind of haphazardly and seek to apply them to certain situations which they don't apply to. So what is the purpose of the book of Ephesians? What's the purpose of Paul's argument in Colossians 2 or whatever it may be? Know the context of passages so that you can give the right advice to people who need help. So another, uh, another example of um, how to grow in this area of learning theology and becoming a theologian, uh, I, I, would, I would point you to a resource. There's a book called Biblical Theology. It's a small introductory book. It's, it's purple. It's published by Nine Marks. It's written by uh, Nick Rourke. He writes this book on biblical theology to help you understand the whole message of the Bible. Um, as I've said before, some people take verses and kind of pluck them out of their context, kind of grab them as little fortune cookies, uh, fortune cookie messages to go on through their day. But the Bible is telling a big story, and different genres of Scripture Um, point to that bigger story, that bigger story of redemption and the kingdom of God. And so Rourke helps us read our Bibles the right way. Did you ever think that you can read your Bible the wrong way? You can. Rourke helps us with reading our Bibles the right way. And that's important as we understand what the scripture is trying to communicate to us and to other people. So that's a resource I would highlight, this book, Biblical Theology by Nick Rourke. Another resource I would point out is Wayne Grudem's book on systematic theology. Again, as I mentioned before, learn what the Bible says about certain topics. Uh, this His book does that. There are 60-something doctrines that he goes through, and he uh, cites verses uh, to support those doctrines and gives the definition of those doctrines. It's very devotional as well. There are songs at the end of each chapter to sing based on that doctrine. So know your doctrine. And that's That sounds like an intimidating book, Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. And when you look at it, you will think that it's intimidating because it's big, but it's actually an easy read. Another systematic theology I would point you to is Bible Doctrine by John MacArthur and Dick Mayhew. Similar to Grudem's systematic theology, it just takes uh, different parts of Christian theology and defines them, gives the biblical support for them, and again, it even has prayers in there. It, it can be read devotionally as well. And don't think that you've got to read those things cover to cover um, in one sitting or even in a year's time. Maybe just take little sections. Uh, maybe you take once a week, 20 minutes, and read through a section of theology, making sure that you know what the Bible teaches about a certain subject or topic. There are different areas of theology that we should know about. There are kind of seven classic areas of theology, and maybe this is something where you study one of them a year or one of them every two years. Uh, study theology proper. That's the doctrine of God. Know who he is. Know who he isn't. Know what his attributes are. Know where those are stated. So theology proper is one area. Maybe you do a study on man, which is called anthropology. Do a study on what the Bible says about man. Is man actually, at in his heart, born good? 
Is he born free? Again, those are theological questions that impact how we live our life. So there's theology proper, there's anthropology, there's Christology. I'm guessing you know what that study's about. It's about Christ. Know about his offices, know about uh, his intercession, know about his death. Was it just a death that, that gave us an example, or was it actually a death that was a substitutionary death for us? Will he come again? When will he come again? How do we know this? So study Christ. Another area of theology is soteriology. That's the doctrine of salvation. How is someone saved? Is your Roman Catholic neighbor, if they believe everything their church teaches, are they actually saved? Well, you can know that if you know how someone is saved according to the scriptures. So study soteriology. Study pneumatology, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do today? What does he not do today? How does he do it today? What does he desire? How was he given? When was he given? For what things was he given to us? So know the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Know the doctrine of the church. Know ecclesiology. Again, as I mentioned earlier, if a friend says, I want to be rebaptized, you should have an answer for that. You should ask them, why do you want to be rebaptized? Is rebaptism a good thing to do? Um, taking the Lord's table. Oh, we just do that at home privately. D- does something rub you wrong about that statement? D- should it be done in the church? Why should it be done in the church? Again, you would do a study on ecclesiology. Who makes up the church? Anybody sitting in a church on a Sunday morning? Someone who walked down an aisle or raised a hand when they were five years old? Who makes up the church? Those are important things to understand. The final area of theology is eschatology, study of the end times, the eternal state. When will these things happen? What is the nature of the millennium? What is the nature of eternal hell? Have an answer for these things. Who goes to hell? Is Satan in hell now, or will he be thrown into the lake of fire later? These are things that, again, affect our lives. Having an answer for these things is important. So, I would. I pointed you to a couple of resources. I've encouraged you to maybe tackle an area of Christian theology. Again, going very slowly and, and searching the scriptures. This doesn't have to be done overnight. Theologians aren't built overnight, but this is just something to, to grow in. Uh, another final resource I'd give you is your pastor or your elders. Ask your pastors questions. What resources should I read? How can I grow in my knowledge of the church? Are there um, helpful sermon series that you know of that talk about um, theology proper, the doctrine of God? How, what books can I read on the attributes of God? Um, how, how can I be better at um, distinguishing a Roman Catholic's salvation or not? Are there resources I can look to for that? What Bible passages would you give me that talk about um, work, a theology of work? So, so ask questions to people who know these answers. I'd end by saying this. Uh, I really, it's a quote by R.C. Sproul. He says, everybody's a theologian. You are today a theologian. The question is whether you're a good one or not. So Sproul says, everyone's a theologian. The question is whether you're a good one or not. And so if you're a Christian, you have in your heart, I'm talking to you, this listener, this Christian listener on the podcast, you have in your heart a desire to help. Are you actually being helpful? Going back to my first illustration, are you giving the right oil for their car? Or are you actually being harmful and giving them the wrong oil? Just showing up with oil because you're well-meaning isn't helpful. 
It can be harmful. So are you giving them the right thing that they need from God's word? So I would encourage you, be a good theologian for your church. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive.